Hey, my name's Jamie Poisson, and I'm the host of Frontburner. It's the CBC's daily news podcast. And every day we're discussing the big events and fault lines shaping Canada and the world. Politics, economics, social movements, you name it. Sometimes we even talk about really fun stuff like the enduring relevance of Lord of the Rings. You can hear Frontburner on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Ian Hanna-Mansing. Welcome to Checkup's Ask Me Anything podcast. And today, that means you're about to hear our AMA about health, fitness, and New Year's resolutions. New Year, new me, right? So we try and keep a resolution. I always wished for abs for my New Year's resolution. Never came across that. Uh, I lost weight for three weeks and I got tired of the diet and then I started eating cookies and uh, candy again. 23% of people quit their resolutions by the end of the first week of January. They sign up to dry January, they see if they can do it. So how are those New Year's resolutions going? Many of us entered 2024 with the hope of improving our health, well-being, or fitness goals. But making major changes is never easy. And that's the focus of this week's Ask Me Anything. Our AMA guest is Chiwe Asaguara, personal trainer and registered dietitian. Chiwe answered your questions about health, fitness, and New Year's resolutions. Here are a few highlights from the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Have you seen, Chiwe, over the years, a New Year's resolution actually turn into a significant lifestyle change for any of your clients? For my clients, yes, <laughs> because we go through a very specific um, method um, and we take it beyond a New Year's resolution. So often uh, New Year's resolutions are, um, there's that New Year's motivation and excitement, um, but there needs to be some things that go along with that to make it go beyond January or even February. Mm-hmm. You know, weight is is a is a tricky one, right? Because a lot of us uh, would like to weigh less than we do, and then the holidays are kind of everything centers around food and drink. Like you, you just can't escape it. And if you have a sweet tooth, and I have a sweet tooth, uh, it's just like everywhere there's chocolate. So I'm probably like a lot of people where I kind of think, okay, you know, I'll 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 eat a little bit more of bad stuff during the holidays. Uh, and even as recently as last Sunday, December 31st, I think, hey, you know what? January 1st is a Monday. What a perfect time to turn things around. Um, but now we're January 7th and and it's like, you know, all my resolve has melted away. So so let's start with that. What would you say to somebody who walks into your office and said, okay, I, I've, I, I've got to lose that 20 pounds that I've been trying to lose unsuccessfully. Maybe it's even 25 pounds now after the way December went. What would you say to that hypothetical person who's not me? <laughs> Okay, what I would say, I'd have a few questions. So one, I would like to have an understanding of um, what the connection is to the weight loss goal, because weight can be part of someone's health goal. But we also want to think beyond that, especially if there's weight gain over the last uh, few weeks of holidays, a lot of that's likely uh, water weight, you'd 
it's hard to gain that much body fat in that short period of time. So helping them kind of uh, not have so much stress or anxiety about that most recent weight gain, if that's what's been happening, but adding to that goal of weight loss. So what else are we looking at? Are we looking at improving energy, um, digestion? Uh, what kind of other health goals are we adding? But then also to um, how are we going to go about it? So creating a plan of action that can help that person achieve that weight loss goal, as well as any other health goals that they have. Uh, you know, Chi Wei, one thing I think I've heard over the years from uh, other registered dietitians is, I mean, there's just so many myths when it comes to eating, but but one of them, I guess this isn't a myth, it's just kind of a, a misunderstanding, is that f- for a lot of people, it, weight was put on over a long period of time, but then the people want to take that weight off in a really short period of time. You must have run into this. Definitely. Um, So a lot of times the conversation is setting realistic expectations, which is really beneficial for everybody, for the dietitian or fitness professional that's working with you and for you as the person who has a weight loss goal. Um, Because then you're not feeling frustrated with yourself if you have an expectation of losing 10, 20, 30 or 50 pounds within a few weeks or a month or so, um, then you're not putting that um, negative pressure on yourself or feeling badly that that's not happening. And exactly as you said, Things take time in both directions. So if it's been years that health changes have been occurring, that someone is now ready to look at, giving yourself around the same time frame to be able to see some changes. Some more noticeable changes will happen sooner than that. But if we're looking at long-term sustainable change, if it's weight loss or anything else, giving yourself a good amount of time to achieve it. And then the next step is maintaining it. Catherine Munn is here in Vancouver. She's calling in. Hi, Catherine. Hello. And uh, what can uh, I can hear you loud and clear. What's your question for Chiwe? Well, um, okay, so I've had a very active life, most, mostly manual jobs, landscaping, tree planting, now a nurse's aide for 12 years. So at 63, um, I was in very good shape, but I'm now feeling the effects of a lifetime of labor. And I'm finding it very hard to go to the gym because I have arthritis in my knees, in my hip. And in my feet, my left foot. So how do I exercise when I feel pain when I exercise? That is besides a, swim, I do swim. <laughs> that is a fantastic question. And I'll bet you Chiwe's got uh, some advice. But Catherine, stay on the line in case uh, you have a follow-up. Okay. Chiwe? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you so much. So sometimes we need to change the way that we move our body um, to adjust for things like you're talking about. So for joint pain or arthritis, we can kind of look at, well, what is the option for exercise? So taking a weight impact will be really helpful. So I don't know if you enjoy the pool, but something like swimming or water aerobics might be um, more enjoyable, as well as if you're doing cardiovascular work in the gym, something like the elliptical or a bike might be more comfortable for you because there's not that step impact every time you um, are moving. Those types of cardio equipment are more buoyant um, and they'll help with that um, body pain. And then the recovery piece, so really adequate nutrition. So when we're looking at arthritis, um, there can be inflammation with that. So really good hydration, um, looking at taking um, omega-3s or healthy fats through the diet. So eating lots of uh, nuts and seeds, if that's um, okay for your nutritional needs in regards to any types of allergies. Um, Eating fatty fish two times per week um, can be some things that you look at as well. And Catherine, any follow-up questions? So Zumbia is out of the question. Uh, Zumba, what do they call it? Zumba. I don't want to say that. It sounds like it, it, 
if you like it, <laughs> but if I would assess your pain, if you're doing Zumba and if you're in a lot of pain afterwards, then, okay, well, how can we adjust it? Maybe you don't do a 60 minute, maybe you do a 30 minute, maybe you speak to the instructor and ask, are there some modifications that you can offer me that are less impact that can help um, with my, with my needs or even the frequency of it? Maybe if it's something that you're really enjoying, which is extremely important for being consistent with exercise, enjoying what you're doing, look at how often you're doing it throughout the week and adding in other things. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay. And, and you know, Chiwe, there was a time when, was it Jane Fonda who said this? Somebody talked about no pain, no gain. But I feel <laughs> like these days in the fitness world, the advice is really pain is a warning, right? Like if you have Absolutely. pain, you need to stay away from it or at least try to work around it, right? Yes. Pain is your body telling you something. Pain is your body wanting you to pay attention to something. So that's great that you're doing that. Um, and then looking for some alternatives. And I feel like there are lots of ways in the gym, but again, you're the expert on this where sometimes just minor modifications on an exercise can make a huge difference in terms of uh, avoiding pain and obviously avoiding putting stresses on the part of your body that, that is hurting. Absolutely. So that is a nice option to have someone have their eyes on you. So if, um, you know, if you're able to have a personal trainer watch you do some movement, um, because sometimes it's just incorrect form that might have led to an injury or causing pain, or maybe the load, so the amount of weight that's being pushed or pulled is not correct, or it's too much for where you're starting from. So those small adjustments can definitely be helpful. And then when you're continuing from there, you're, you're doing it in a way that's not going to keep that pain from occurring. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman, host of the CBC podcast, The Dose. Each week, we answer health topics in a smart and sometimes counterintuitive way you won't hear anywhere else. Like, what's the least amount of exercise I can do to get the benefits? Which psychedelics can improve my mental health? And how can I check for cancer if I don't have a family doctor? Top experts help me bring you what you need to know in plain language in about 20 minutes. Find The Dose on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. David Bursick is in Ottawa. Hi, David. Hi there. How you doing? Good. What uh, what what question do you have for Chiwe? Um, couple of things right now. Okay, I during during I'm 68. Okay, during COVID, I went from about 245 down to about 195. I'm just tipping under 200 now. I did it pretty much through modified like dirty keto. I allowed up to about 50 grams of carbs a day. Um, a lot of natural fats. I've been a natural fat person, like no processed fats for probably 30 years. Um, I'm plateaued out right now. I've started doing physio. Uh, so I've got, you know, I've got much better flexibility and movement that I lost because of the weight gain. Um, and I'm starting back into the gym. I'm doing a, you know, like what's a 50, 50, 50 routine, like every day, 50 pushups, 50 squats, um, and, uh, and 50 crunches, but I'm plateaued. I'm plateaued between 195 and 200. I have been for probably five or six months. How do I, how do I kickstart that? Cause I, my plan is to get down to in my probably high one sixties, um, as a, as a goal for health and mobility and everything else. This is such a fantastic situation. Uh, a question, Chiwe, it almost sounds like an exam question. Uh, David, stay on the line, because I think sure. that Chiwe may have some questions for you. And uh, mm -hmm. go ahead and, and uh, deal with David. Sure. So um, what is, so you're doing the 50 push-ups, um, and have you added anything to that, or you're still consistent with that? And how long have you been doing that for? Oh my God, I've been doing that all through COVID. 
you know, I've still, I've still got a dad stomach, but, um, I was in the gym, um, training with my, with my 38 year old son who went boom, boom against my stomach going, there's a six pack under there. Like, <laughs> hurry up, start losing weight. <laughs> oh yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So it's like, I've, I've been adding to it. And now with my physio, I'm doing heel drops. I'm doing weighted heel drops. Um, I'm doing stair, like gentle stair work up and down. Like I lost my ability to walk stairs for, you know, any kind of speed for probably three years. And it's back now to where I can actually, you know, follow my 18 year old running up and down stairs. I'm, wow. I'm a very old, I'm a very old single dad as well. So I got to keep up. <laughs> So first I'd say, you know, spending some time really um, kind of highlighting the things that are going really well, um, because that's pretty impressive. Um, but also to maybe looking at adding in some uh, resistance training. I don't know if you're uh, doing that or open to doing that, but things like... Yeah, nightly, um, nightly, with... nightly, up to, up, to, up, okay. to 50 pound, up to 50 pound bands for, um, for basically knees, feet, and, and also for shoulder, for light shoulder work for the, for the small connective tissue. Okay. And is there an injury that you're working around? Because you mentioned physio. No. Um, I What happened was I lost so much muscle mass because I wasn't exercising while I was doing keto. Um, so I'm losing all this weight. But again, my age, I'm losing muscle at almost as fast a rate as fat. So I lost a lot of muscle tone um, just through sloth. And um, so I was having issues with heel pain, plantar fasciitis. Um, I was in a band like, eight years ago, in a rock band. I jumped on stage and I blew my Achilles out on my right side wow. and my knee. So it was like a three-year three -year recovery. So I went, I, went from, I went from 58 and 15% body fat to you know, 245 and chicken fat. So we, we've got, uh, as you can imagine, a bunch of other calls, David. So, but, but let me just say this. Uh, so here, here you're a guy that's been so active. You're doing all this exercise. You're being very thoughtful about it, very diligent. Uh, you obviously dieted uh, to bring your weight down. But your original question was about how your weight has plateaued and you'd like to lose a bit more. And, and Chiwe, I wonder if David is in a situation now where it, it's, it has to do with food coming in in terms of, uh, you know, getting to that next level he'd like to get to in terms of weight. Yeah, that's that's definitely correct. So when I'm hearing you talk, what I'm two things that are coming to my mind are nutrition. So um, you know, protein, having enough protein coming in because if you're wanting to build back up your muscle, protein and then resistance training are going to be kind of best friends here. And I ask about weight training, resistance training, uh, but more of compound movement. So things like bench is great, but deadlifts, uh, also things like squatting, using your large muscle groups, doing back exercises, lower body exercises, Paired with that nutrition, which will definitely be protein, but also carbohydrates. So the body's preferred source of fuel for most people is carbohydrate, especially for building muscle and repairing muscle. So I know you were keto, which is, um, this might be hurting your ears. I'm talking about adding in <laughs> carbohydrates, but that might be something to explore, um, bumping up the carbohydrate intake a little bit, um, pairing that with a consistent scheduled training program. 
So that's another big piece about seeing results with the training. It needs to be planned and consistent. So doing the same types of exercises for at least eight weeks, 12 weeks, and also tracking the amount of weight that you're lifting so that you can keep going up. So progressive overload, progressively overloading the muscles with good nutrition and recovery is what will help build the muscle back up and actually help with body fat reduction as well. High protein diet and weight training is um, at the top of the list supporting someone who has a fat loss goal. All right, Chiwei, thank you so much, David. Thank you so much for your call. We're at that time in the program where we have so many people calling. I'm going to try to speed the pace up uh, on my part, also the caller's part. And uh, Chiwei, let's see if we can get through some of these. Uh, Peter Barch is in Woodstock, Ontario. Hi, Peter. Hi. What's your question for Chiwei? Well, my question is uh, regarding my wife, whom I love very much. (laughs) I'm a very uh, active person and I'm very healthy. Um, my wife is is not so much. She has a diff- she's a teacher, so she's um, she sits a lot and stuff like that. And she wants to get active, but it's a sensitive topic. So I was just wondering if maybe like how do I approach that like for her, like to help her to get more active. Chiwe. Yeah, so it definitely has to come from her. And I love that you're saying, how can you be supportive to her? Um, But maybe um, asking her some questions about what she feels would be exciting to do, fun to do. And you mentioned that her work, so being a teacher, um, so to me, it sounds like there needs to be some solutions around that, if that's the barrier for her to become more active. So what is her work schedule like, her day like, where are there pockets of time where she could add in exercise? So a lot of times we're like, okay, we want to get more active and we just think it's going to happen, but we have to plan for it. So maybe helping her brainstorm those pieces as to schedule, time, you know, where you can add in movement and then, well, what are we going to do? And if she's a social person, if, you know, the two of you spending time together is a way to add in more movement, maybe it's doing it together, going for a walk after supper or on the weekend, or maybe joining a group of people who are doing something that's active also. Fantastic. Thank you very much for both the call and the answer. Pat Ruby is uh, calling from Calgary and Pat, uh, I love your question. I think this is going to resonate with so many people. Why don't you go ahead and, and put the question to Chiwe? Um, the the question is basically, what do you do? Or do you have any tricks or tips about cravings? Because I cannot have sweets. I have a sweet tooth, um, but I cannot have sweets as long as I don't get started. But you know, if I have if I have chocolates one day, then I want chocolates the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and I crave them. And I I'm, I'd like to break that cycle. Over Christmas is fine. I give myself permission. But I'd like to not be craving those sweets every day now. I can't wait to hear the answer to this one, <laughs> Chiwe. Help, help, help Pat and I out of this craving. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to try to make this as short as possible, but there's a few <laughs> there's a few things happening here. So when it comes to food cravings, the, you can experience food cravings for a few different reasons. One is our physiological response to the foods that we eat, meaning our blood sugar response. So the, the best way to have that not be part of the equation is having a balanced blood sugar throughout the day. So having complex carbohydrates, which is fiber, eating enough protein and eating consistently throughout the day. Breakfast, lunch, supper, snacks in between if needed. That's keeping your blood sugar stable so you don't have those drops in blood sugar that make you think about chocolate or you know high-carb foods. Um, another thing is how we think about food. So if we think some foods are good or bad, we tend to start to think about the bad foods a little bit more. Like if we can't have chocolate, then you automatically start thinking about that chocolate a bit more. So kind of having neutrality with food 
um, can help to take away that like mental or um, over focus on food that we think that we can't have. Um, and then also just some planning. So having good nutritious food available all the time. And I, I you mentioned permission, giving yourself permission to eat is, is really key here because when you give yourself permission to eat any food in any amount, um, people kind of panic when I say that, but really what <laughs> happens is you actually eat the exact right amount of food for you. And it most often it's less than what you were eating when you were restricting food. So I hope some of that is helpful. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's terrific. Pat, uh, does that make sense? Yeah, that was, that was helpful. Chiwei, always great having you on the program. Really good advice, really clearly told. And thank you very much for taking part in the program. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. Chiwe Asaguara is a personal trainer and a registered dietitian, and we reached her in Winnipeg. That was a portion of Cross Country Checkup's AMA about health, fitness, and New Year's resolutions with Chiwe Asaguara. She is a personal trainer and registered dietitian. If you'd like to listen to yesterday's full two-hour edition of Cross Country Checkup, you can stream the podcast on the CBC Listen app. And if you want to share comments or appear on the show, you can go to cbc.ca slash aircheck. I'm Ian Hanamansing. Thanks for listening. The next live edition of Checkup airs on CBC Radio, CBC News Network, and CBC News Explorer next Sunday. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.